Let me ask you, what is the most recited verse in the Bible or chapter? Yeah, John 3.16. Which one is the second one? Even drunkards. If they are completely drunk, they will be staggering like this. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> completely drunk. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to speak on Psalm 23 tonight. Uh, you know, recited by many, many people around the world, except some countries in Europe. Some of them don't know scriptures. You go to Europe, even America, you ask some kids, some of, have never heard about Psalm 23. That's shocking. But uh, in Africa, you go anywhere, these are well-known verses. Amen. So I want to speak quickly on Psalm 23. Um, how many people were here when I shared my testimony? Yeah, you have saved me. Hey, not to share it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 23, we'll read Psalm 23, the whole chapter. I'm reading it from the NIV translation. And I want us to follow it together. And it's a psalm that, as I said earlier on, many people, you know, talk about it, recite it. They've composed the songs. Uh, Matthew must compose song on Matthew 23. O only for chauffeurs. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Psalm 23, the, it reads, is a psalm of David. This young man was composing songs when his elder brothers were in the battle, fighting. But this boy, all by himself in the, in the bush, composing songs. Because he was alone, he would watch the, the flock or the sheep, you know, moving around up and down. Yes, but what I'm doing to these animals, that's what God is doing to me. So he sits down, takes his harp, and composes this song. And he says, now listen what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love or mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I love this uh, psalm very much. Let's move together. As I said last time, I didn't go to school. I was never educated. I didn't know 
long the nose of a teacher looks like. And I didn't know how a blackboard and so forth. I didn't have that privilege. But God, you know, is a wonderful God. That's why I was praising that song. I'll worship him forever. Because I know where I'm coming from, who I am today, and where I'm going. But God takes, you know, this wonderful, beautiful woman called Rachel, my wife. Well-educated, and I think, I don't know why. I don't know what made me to be brave enough to go and propose a graduate. Someone who never been in a classroom to go to a graduate, I love you. <laughs> it was crazy. It was really crazy. I don't know. Yeah, up to now, I, I don't know what gave me the guts. <laughs> but I went to her. <laughs> But it was after eight years of praying and trusting God. Uh, I, I, I'm writing a book now about Rachel. The, the book about my wife. And uh, how God has blessed my life through her. I, I don't deserve it at all. I don't deserve it. And if there's a stupid person in the family, it's me. Because I talk too much. But she's the most quiet woman, full of wisdom. So she's the one who put me straight. Yeah, so when after, you know, first year I was saying, God, I don't want to get married. And for sure, I didn't want to get married at all. I hated to be in the presence of girls. I was not, even before I was saved, I never slept with a girl. I, I, I even shot my friend in the gang for touching, just touching a girl. So in other words, although I was bad, a murderer, a gorilla fighter, but I protected girls. Say amen, girls, man. <laughs> I protected girls. If I saw a boy with a girl, I would go to the, do the parents know that you are in love? No, man, he, he is in trouble. He is in trouble. If he says no, her parents doesn't know that you are in love, I would mess up that boy and end that relationship right there. So I protected <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that, that's how I was. So for me, I was not going to get married because what I had seen my father doing to my mother, that's got me frightened because every day there was no dad you see my mother being bashed by this man who was poor no dad didn't see blood so I was afraid to get mad I thought the spirit of my father was upon me so after I got saved I prayed that I must cut off break this cycle of my generation to start a new generation, to start a new lineage, which did not have divorce. From my father's side, there was married, divorced, married, divorced, uncles, divorced, you know, nephews, you name it, generations of divorces. From my mother's side, married, divorced, generations of divorces. So I come in, Jesus saved me, I pray for eight years that God, if you want to give me 
a wife, one thing you must do, you must deal with me first. Many young guys pray that, oh, God, give me a good wife. And I ask him, are you good yourself? If you want a good wife, are you good? <laughs> you know, girls do likewise. Ah, I want a good husband. But some girls want the one with a BMW. Boom, boom. <laughs> you cry, one, another girl will be in that BMW. So they ask for material things. But me, I was not asking for a beautiful girl or what. I was asking God to deal with me first. Take away the temper, the unforgiveness, all the negative things in my life before he gave me someone's daughter. Before he gave me someone's daughter. Because if a father, mother loved her so much, I've got to go beyond the father, above the love of their father. That's what I was praying for. So eight years, God had to prune my life to be able to deal with my negative past, my short temper. And, you know, that's why I get surprised when men shout at their wives when things go wrong. So God had to deal with me after eight years. But in the process of eight years, so much happened in between that God gave me this wife. So went to Malawi by accident or by God's incident. I went to Malawi, telling, you know, taking someone there. It was no intention to go and find a girl at all. So I'm asked to preach at this big youth meeting of um, nurses and you know bankers, all single girls, uh, boys and girls. But. Three years, you know, two years prior to that, God had shown me a woman in a vision. And third time, four, I mean, third time, three times, I saw this girl, the way she was dressed in a sky blue suit and suede shoes with right leg, the shoelaces were loose. And she was holding the Bible upside down. Act, Acts 26, verse, 15, verse 19, underlined. You hear what I'm saying? So, eight years I'm preaching in Malawi to these young people. Many people come forward to accept Jesus. And after I'd finished preaching, many people came to accept Jesus. And I told those that to go and be counseled in a room outside. They all went. As soon as everyone left, all along I was preaching, she was seated right in front of me. Blue suit, sweat shoes, right leg, loose. Because in the dream, I was told, go and tie those shoelaces. And I would say, no, I can't. What will people say when they see me touching a woman's leg? But modern boys, they don't mind about that. They, they've enjoyed to lift it up. <laughs> but I said, no, how can I touch a woman's leg? And so I would wake up and write it down. So I wrote the first notebook, 
the second notebook, the third notebook. All what I wrote was exactly the same in the, all the notebooks. And uh, so I saw her and I was shocked. I said, how come that all along I was preaching, I didn't see it? But anyhow, I said, no, I think it's just the devil telling me, you know. <laughs> so uh, people are, are going out now. They're all marching out. I've dismissed the meeting. They're all, and at random, I stopped one young man. I said, are you born again? Why didn't you come forward? He says, no, I go to church. I'm baptized. I said, I don't mean that. No, I go to Presbyterian. I said, I don't mean that. So this young man started getting agitated with my question. So he said, can, we can you come to our house that we talk? I said, when? I said, tomorrow. So I said, okay, I'll come tomorrow. So following day, I went to visit this young man. It was on Christmas Day. And I visited this young man. I knocked at the door. The boy is not there. And I look, they looked all over around to look for him. They didn't see him. <laughs> and then a voice inside says, hey, we don't talk with a visitor while he's standing outside. Invite the visitor inside. So this boy who was their servant invites me. I sit on the sofa. And who comes from the bedroom? The same girl. And I, is my mouth, huh? <laughs> you know, when you are surprised, overwhelmed, huh? Here, you, the capture is, you don't say, mm. No, you say, huh? <laughs> so instead, yeah, I said, I wanted your brother. But then I started telling him my whole testimony in black and white. Everything that day. Two hours she listened. Two hours she was listening. And two hours she had all the bad English she has never heard before. Because the adjective was going this way, the noun was going, the verb was going this way. Man, it was, man, I don't know what happened that day. But God gave me the courage to speak my broken English. Then after two hours, I'm, in meanwhile, I'm saying, God, please, my just say no. Then I run away and go. So as I said, you know, I, I would like to marry you. <laughs> it was not all these flattering words. You are the most beautiful girl. You are gorgeous. You are the, I can't eat when I think of, hey man, when a boy doesn't eat, don't marry him. Why can't he eat? And some they tell us, I can hardly sleep. He's a witch if he doesn't sleep. Ungachadinom <laughs> tarat. Amen. Don't be flattered with, you know, wonderful ways. You are not the only one in the world. There are many girls. Boys tell lies. You are the only one. And, and oh, what? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Don't be flattered by words. So after I told her, she, she said yes. Now when she said yes, that was my problem. I said, <laughs> I said, now what do I say next? 
So I said, can we pray? <laughs> I prayed the longest prayer you have ever had. <laughs> because meanwhile I was praying, I said, now God, if I say amen, she looks at me, what will I say? <laughs> Just her eyes frightened me. But anyway, we, later on we got married. And God blessed us with five biological children and blessed us with 13 adopted children. And she's the woman who started teaching me how to write and how to read and to tell me good manners. Uh, she taught me manners because I was a street boy. Nobody taught me about manners, respect. All this didn't exist in my vocabulary. But it took this godly woman teach a man like me. And uh, I always say my wife is a, a saint from the Lord. And I bless the Lord for her. So she has taught me uh, so many things, how to hold a knife and a fork, which I didn't know. And uh, she even taught me to shut my mouth when I eat my food. She could hear me six miles away chewing my food. And says, honey, don't eat like a pig. So I learned to shut my mouth. And she taught me clean, you know, how to iron. And I love ironing very much. Ooh, okay. Most of my messages I preach, I'm ironing. I said, God, straighten up. As I straighten these clothes, straighten up my life. And that's where some revelations come to me the messages I preach. And there's no job I've said this is a woman's job or a man's job. I help my wife in everything because she's the queen of my house, my life. So she's the woman who has helped me to be what I am today. And she doesn't like certain clothes in my life. <laughs> if I buy a red shirt, she'll give it someone. So she likes white and blue. That's all. So we'll find my shirt are white and blue. That's what she loves. So I dress for her. Not for other people, but for her. So that's what God has done for me. So that's part of my testimony. Okay? Say amen, Jesus. Yeah, hallelujah. Now, Let's go to the chapter and then let me fly quick. The Lord is my shepherd. When David was there in the bush, you know, alone, that young man, to be a shepherd in those days, you were like uh, a nobody. You were not special. You, that was the lowest job. But to be in the military, in those days, you were somebody. But David was the lowest in the bush. When I, I said, God, I've never been in a Bible college. So many things are confused. Help me to go actually, to actually see the places. So I traveled. Middle East. Some of the names in the Bible, I would go there do research, uh, see where the children of Israel crossed, see, climb the Mount, uh, you know, Mount Sinai, 
see where the Ten Commandments came from and where even Egypt, where Jesus, you know, hid uh, when they were running away from uh, Israel and all those places. So for me, my knowledge is what I saw starting from seeing. You understand what I mean? So <coughs> going to those areas where like the land of Goshen, the land of Goshen, if you go now, it is as fertile as it was then. Up to now, they don't use fertilizer. The land of Goshen is blessed up to now. The crops that they grow there, they are just as healthy as anything. Because that's where the children of Israel were when God made a separation between the people of Pharaoh and the people of Israel. Are we together? So, I went to see this place, those, that area where this young boy, <coughs> they think where he wrote Psalm 23. Now, this evening I want to share, because this is not like Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9, the disciples' prayer. Many people call it the lost prayer. This is a mistake to call it a lost prayer. Jesus doesn't repent. He was teaching his disciples that prayer, our Father which are in heaven. It was not for him. It was for his disciples. Amen? Jesus doesn't need to ask for forgiveness. Are we together? Yeah, so it is not the lost prayer. No, it is the prayer for the disciples. Yeah, he was teaching them to how to pray. The format of prayer, you see the format of that prayer, they begin by, you know, as our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be your name. That when you begin any type of prayer, learn to worship God. I wake up 2 o'clock every morning. I like having quality time with God. This, this time of prayer, you do like a WhatsApp messages. You know, there are WhatsApp messages we said, Lord bless me today, amen. <laughs> you think you have prayed. No, quality time. When, when I'm a fast driver, I'm a fast, fast driver. And I like very fast. If you are driving with me, you have to pray in the name of the Father. Because I drive very fast. But when Rachel, my wife, is in the car, I drive 10 kilometers an hour. Not fast, slowly, slowly. Because the queen is in the car. <laughs> I want to have quality time with it. Drive slowly. We are 48 years together. I'm still romantic. Some of you finished long time ago. <laughs> you stopped kissing her. You stopped appreciating her. You stopped even when she dropped it, you stop picking it up for her. Even stop opening the door for her into the car. I've never stopped. 48 years, I'm still doing exactly the same. Because I wanted to start a new lineage. A new generation. Amen. And I love my wife so much. Very much. <coughs> So, um, 
God, through her, we have become what God has done. Now, some, uh, Matthew chapter 9, I mean chapter 6 from verse 9, it, it's a prayer, says, Our Father, which I have, our Father, our Lord be there, lead us, forgive us, it is us, us, us. You get me? It is us, us, us in that prayer. But this psalm, Psalm 23, is different. It begins, the Lord is my shepherd. So I'll go with the P's. If you are writing, write the P's. Um, lectures, uh, Professor Stephen Lemkina. <laughs> the P's, number one is personal possession. Personal possession. Listen what David says. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, when the Lord is the Lord in your life, does he possess you? Does he possess everything about you? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your trousers, your suits, your clothes, your dress? Is he the Lord of your hair? Is he the Lord of everything what you are? Because so often we say, the Lord is my shepherd, but we give half to the Lord. The other one, we do what the world is doing. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. The fashions of this world are changing now and again. And you find these fashions coming even into the church. If why is Jesus delaying? He's delaying because the church is corrupted. The church is not on fire. The church has taken a bit of the world into inside the church. In Malawi, there are many husbands who beat their wives. Here in South Africa, you are very good. You don't beat your wives. Thank God for you, South African husbands. But in Malawi, they beat their wives. Now, if they beat the wife, the eye, the eye is swollen. It's like a balloon. And uh, the wife says, I don't want this husband anymore. I'm, for, uh, I'm divorcing him. So while the husband is at work, she hires a lorry. She picks up everything, the furniture, the bedroom, all the sitting room, everything. Even the suits of the man. She picks up even his underwear. But does she wear men's underwear? No. She takes out everything. Off she goes to Zululand. The husband comes five o'clock. The house is as the builders left it. Not even a spoon. <laughs> Not even a stick of magic. She has gone. Let me ask you, has this woman divorced her husband? Huh? What do you say, man? Eh? No, eh? Why? No, she has broken. She, has, she was so determined. She has broken. She has gone. Why has this woman... <laughs> eh? <laughs> she took some of his suits. She doesn't wear suits. She doesn't wear men underwear. She took... Why? 
She has taken this so that the man must follow her. She wants the man to follow his dreams. That when she follows, oh, as cool in the tea. <laughs> and women are easily cheated. Okay, I will go back with you. <laughs> so some of us, we say we don't want the devil. Devil, get away from me. I don't want to follow you. But you take some of the things in the house of God. You worship with them. So many things. How many, like today I was preaching this morning somewhere near the airport at, the, uh, at, at a certain church, I won't mention it. But there were young ladies with the cleavages right in church. I said, God, what is this? Some girls with mini dresses, they are in the church. And one girl came to the worship with no nothing here, just this which you jog with. I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> is this the church of God? Can you imagine? We take some of the things into the house of God. You can never say, the Lord is my shepherd. He can't be your shepherd with such type of living. He can't be your shepherd with such type of living. Because when God demands you, he completely demands you. I'm married to Rachel. And she put on this ring. I'm married to a hundred percent, not half half, hundred percent. So I cannot touch any woman, no matter where I am. I can never sleep with another woman because Rachel means a lot to me. Are we together? I was in New York preaching there. And one night I had a bang, bang, bang at the door. And I opened the door of my hotel room. And here's a young 19-year-old white young girl. She zoomed under my arms. And I went to look in the corridors who is chasing her. I looked this way, that way, that way. There was nobody. But the moment I turn around, she's completely naked on my bed. She says, sleep with me. The first look is not a sin, but the second look is sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I did, I went to the next bed, pulled out the cover bed, went backwards, threw over, wrapped her, like a loaf of bread. <laughs> wrapped her, and, and came to the door. She put her, her leg there, and I hit the leg, and who said, man? <laughs> <laughs> now if there were young people from University of Cape Town they would say Amadloza Kitamboni Lepi Amadloza that's why you need to be a strong Christian. Even if you are married to getting engaged, many people, why they are unfaithful in their marriages is what you do with your girlfriend before marriage. Are we together? What you do with your girlfriend before marriage, you will repeat it in your marriage. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I've done a lot of research on that. A lot of research. Why, you ask, why are you unfaithful to your, to your husband or to your wife? Before marriage, they played around. So that instinct of stealing is still there. <laughs> you understand? You still want to steal. But you are married. But you want to steal. Going with another woman is stealing. You know, it's quiet, Liz. No amen. You know, you see? <laughs> All right, I'll stop preaching. I don't know. I know you don't like me. No problem. God has given me many pulpits around the world. <laughs> yeah. So the Lord is my shepherd. That's personal position. If the Lord is your Lord, he must be able to command you. If he says, jump, we say, God, how high? Go, he says, how far do you want me to go? When I repented for my sins, I didn't repent because there were no girls. No, I repented. I had 13 girlfriends when I accepted Jesus. I had my AK-47. I had my bombs. I had everything. I was a murderer. When I came to Jesus, it was a 108-degree turnaround when I came to Jesus. And I said, no more the world. I'm following Jesus. And that was a radical radical turnaround. And when I accepted him, I knew when I was walking forward, coming forward to kneel down, I knew there were two dangers. The first danger was quitting a gang was dangerous. And quitting the guerrilla fighters was dangerous. So I had two enemies. If you, I took my shirt and saw I was stabbed twice for quitting the gang. And I knew I was determined to follow Jesus. There was no going back. There was no going back. I made my mind to follow him. So I said, the Lord is going to be the Lord of my life. The Lord, my shepherd, I'm going to follow all what he wants. I will surrender everything. I used to have this Afro hair. Afro hair. And, and in those days, it was like, you know, for the guys who would wear the flares. The trousers and bare bottoms like beetles, you know. Uh, <laughs> and you've, you even change your, the way you walked, you know. Hello, baby. <laughs> Oof. You, but when I turned around, everything stopped. Everything stopped. My, the way I wore my trousers, my everything changed. Because I was with the Lord of the Lords, the King of Kings. He had taken his residence in my life. Amen. So you can't say, all right, I have, I'm following the Lord, is the Lord, but still the smell of the world is still there. You can't say you are following the Lord. You take part of the world into the church. That's why Jesus is delayed to come, because the church is not, has not taken the Lord as the Lord. When the Lord is your shepherd, Man, you follow him wholeheartedly, 100%. You don't come like our modern young boys. These days they come to the Lord with the cape backwards, chewing, chewing gum. Pastor, I want to accept this. Um, 
worship. Are you serious with God? You find people, they play games with God. They didn't know the sacrifice to the cross. They don't know that this man, they are twin them with the cape. They are not serious about it because he fell three times with the cross. And on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When you come to him, you have to mean business. It's a serious business. It's a serious business. So you don't take bit of the world into the church. So check yourself. Check yourself. Is it me? The way I'm dressed, is it me? A am I taking the world into the church or am I living a standard that blesses God to dress modestly? Is, is that in your lips? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to dress modestly. To dress modestly. It's not that when you dress your nice dress or suit or what, it's bad. No, I'm not condemning good dressing. But when it exposes your body, then that's where that temple of God has been violated. Because you are the temple of the living God. Amen? You are the temple of the living God. Tell me your next. <coughs> you know, God is so excited about this sister. Very excited. And he's a jealous God, you must know. A jealous God is possessive. <laughs> Amen? He wants this whole body to belong to him. Only him. He doesn't want to share this girl with another man. Even if this man wants to marry her, it's strictly prohibited until he puts what? So as she is, you would say she's like a loaf of bread in checkers. Do <laughs> 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 you go to checkers and take a loaf of bread and, and bite it? No. Where do you take the loaf of bread? To the counter. When you do what? You pay. When you pay, do you throw it in your mouth? Eh? No. Where do you take it? Home. When you take it home, slice by slice. <laughs> Amen. And then in my butter. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you don't eat the loaf of bread outside. You bring that girl. Where you pay for that girl, it's here in the altar before the pastor and the church. Where the pastor says, where are the rings? When you pay with this thing, you have the right to kiss it. You have the right to, to take slice by slice by slice. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Are we together? Um, I, I know you will not invite me again, but no, no problem. <coughs> no problem. I'll go to America if you don't. <laughs> Many people seem to hope that by merely admitting that he is my shepherd, somehow they will enjoy the 
benefits of his care and management without paying the price of forfeiting your, your own foolish way of life. You have to forfeit some of your things. For me, I had to get rid of my guns, get rid of my... I like to, used to like the Beatles in those days. People rush to rock. People rush to... <laughs> That's what we used to like in those days. Eh? But when Jesus came into my life, he changed my life. My son, my son, when he accepted Jesus, he had all these Michael Jackson records. He came and said, Dad, help me to break these records. And the boy was serious with the Lord. And my other boy, my other son, who is a pilot in England, uh, he, he was very serious. When he accepted the Lord, he broke everything. He said, I've decided to follow Jesus. I cannot take the world with me. You know, find some guys, they are born again, they love the Lord, but they play these records which are singing about sex, about what, you know, they'll find the blue. And I said, this, this boy, <laughs> they, they, they mix all, man, play this type of music that lifts you up to glory, to, 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 to heaven. Not this, because these songs are dedicated to the devil. Sing good songs. We worship the Lord. Amen. Ah, man, you are looking at me as if I'm ugly. Hey. <laughs> I'm the most handsome man in the world, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, Philip Keller, a great theologian, poses these questions in his book. He says, do I really belong to him? Do I recognize him, his right to me? Do I respond to his authority and acknowledge his management? Do I? Do I sense purpose and deep contentment because I am under his direction? You know, when you have deep contentment, satisfaction inside, you know you are under his management. Hallelujah. When he's managing your life, when you join the military, they will tell you that what belongs to you is your soul. But this body belongs to us, the army. I was a military person myself. The first thing they do to you is to shave all your hair, to make it bold like mine. All what they are doing is to take the you of UTC. Because here at UTC, you walk like, you know, useless guy. But what they're doing is to, 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 to take out everything of you, to squeeze out everything of you. So you stand at the drill, at the attention. They say, the commander comes, you are stupid. Say, Thank you, sir. You are a fool. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you can't ask, answer any otherwise. Otherwise, you are given heavy punishment. All what they are doing is to squeeze out you. Six months of hard training, every day running. You even get your food, you are always jogging. You are eating, you are jogging. You are asking to carry a chair, you jog. You don't walk. They train you how to carry your own weight. Me, I was carrying my own weight, running 
40 kilometers non-stop as a gorilla fight. So, in the army, they squeeze out. Another six months, they pump military things. Jesus, three years. His part was to squeeze out the smell of fish, the smell of <laughs> accounts of Matthew. He was squeezing out. <laughs> and on the day of Pentecost, a new management came. A new management came. Man, when the new management came, were they the same? No. They were unstoppable. Unstoppable. Hallelujah. Let me go quickly. I know you guys are happy. The Lord is my shepherd. Number two. I shall lack nothing. Deuteronomy 2 verse 7. I shall lack nothing. Psalm 37 verse 23 to 26. Philippians 4 verse 19. And he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's what God does. Leviticus 26 verse 6. Oh, that's what God did. He, he became he become your personal provider. Amen. He provides you. When Jesus saved my life, I was smelling, I was stinking. Even the preacher was smelling. He said, boo. But when Jesus took over new management, man, when the day I was saved, I had the pants which had the two windows at the back. I never worn shoes, but at the, when I was, I was 22 years old, first time I wore a pair of shoes. And I was walking like a robot. My first time with the shoes. Hallelujah. But then God says, I will bless you. I will bless you because I'm your personal provider. Hallelujah. I've got big two mansions. I live in two mansions in Malawi. <coughs> I didn't buy those houses. They were a gift from God. One man was blessed in the meeting. Just finished building his mansion. And he says, there's nothing I can give you. I want you to have this house. It's yours. What a wonderful God. And I went to, I was invited two years ago to Pentagon. Pentagon is an all-go area. I was the first black man from Africa to preach at Pentagon with President Obama there. And when I left, they gave me a gift, a small gift. It looks very small, but heavy. Gold. I had to register it in America, register it in, in, in Malawi, so it's kept at the Reserve Bank. When God blesses you, he doesn't stop. Amen. Because he becomes your personal provider. Last year, I had a phone. Hey, are you Stephen Lung? I said, yes, I am. He said, can you go to McCarthy Toyota? I said, what to do what? He said, just go. And I went to Toyota. And then I went inside. And I, went, I just go to one car. And I went around it. In my mind, I'm thinking, if I could get this car, I'll go and preach the gospel in the villages in Malawi. So I'm going. Then he calls again. Are you there? I said, yes, I'm here. Have you chosen a car? I said, sir, don't joke, please. <laughs> then he says, I've heard you preach. When you preach, you don't joke. So when I give to God, I don't joke. So have you chosen a car? So the, meanwhile, the manager comes to me. He said, 
what do you want? I said, ah, nothing, I'm just watching this car. <laughs> I said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Ah, poor people. So he walks away. I said, wow. So are we poor? Are we <laughs> so he, this man calls again and said, hey, give your phone to the manager. So he gives his, and, and then I went around again, the same car, a double cab. And the manager comes later on and says, brother, this is your car. It has been paid for. I said, huh? It has been paid for. It's yours. I said, are you joking? I said, yes, it's been paid. That's God. Personal provider. Amen. Personal for, let me go quickly. Personal for, I could have gone and on and on. Now also number three, he leads me beside waters. When he leads you, God becomes your GPS. It's not like this GPS we drive now, we use. <laughs> when I was driving in Germany, I said, turn right, I turn right. This woman, no, she speaks so well. Turn left, I turn left. I, I obey the woman. <laughs> First time obeying a woman. <laughs> but well, somewhere, he says, you have arrived at your destination. When I looked at the destination, it was a cemetery. I said, no, I'm not here to die. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> it was a cemetery, wrong place. But, you know, the house was the other side of the cemetery. So I had to look to go around, you see. So deep, but gee, God says, he positions you and directs you in the path of righteousness. Let me close with this. Come here, my brother. Young man, come here. And my sister, can I ask you to come forward? You are so pretty. Now, God is saying, this is what God is saying, just demonstrating. Here is God loves this girl so much. Eh? Stand there. Stand there. <laughs> he loves this girl so much. And she says, he leads me in the path of what? Righteousness. For his name's sake. When God is leading you, he's not doing it for you. He's doing it for his name's sake. Not for you. He's doing it for his name's sake. So, because he loves this girl, he directs, God becomes her GPS. So, he takes a, this guy, looks no, 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 my, my girl. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is what God is saying. But how does he do it? He speaks in your heart, loses peace. You understand? When you lose peace because you are in a leash, that losing peace is God's referee saying no. You understand? It's God's referee saying no, you are offside, my son, my daughter. Okay? When you, you see, mm -mm, it's trickling here. Say, no way. Thank you. So, the God says, he leads me in the path of righteousness. So, he takes me in the path of righteousness, like he did with me. When I was preaching, thousands of people coming to God. I started preaching about marriage when I was single. But then you had letters from girls I had a vision that would be my husband. And <laughs> oh, I had lots of girls coming after me. But I 
started this, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He will lead me in the path of righteousness. And, and let's go and continue to finish now. Hallelujah. I love this. Eh? But also, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Deuteronomy 14.40. There is a, 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 a grocery in, in Ghana. It's called Deuteronomy, oh no, Saloon, Hair Saloon. Deuteronomy 14.14 Hair Saloon. <laughs> yeah. So he leads me. That's personal protection. He protects you. He surrounds you. Psalm 91. Psalm 71 and Job and so on. Then five, personal peace. Then you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So God loves you. He protects you. He gives you that personal peace. But what he does is you prepare a table before me in the presence of who? My enemies. <laughs> That's how Kaula man hey man. <laughs> Are my enemies. If you walk with the Lord, you will fix them. Because God will prepare a table before you. And when He prepares that table, have you ever eaten where a dog is nearby? When you are eating, the dog goes. <laughs> That's what your enemy will be doing. When you eat the blessings of God, they'll be doing. Eh? <laughs> They will be surprised because God prepares a table before, you, before your enemies. Amen. And that's what God has done. The auntie who tortured me very much, God prepared a table before me in her presence. She saw how God took me from nothing to something. One day she comes, kneels down in tears. My son, forgive me. I had to forgive you. Because if I had not forgiven it, I would have blocked my blessings. So forgive for you to swim in the blessings of God. Amen. Oh man, number six, the last one. Personal priority. Personal priority, surely. This is affirmation, eh? Surely, sure, sure, sure. Three needs. That's good, eh? Thoughts are needs. Nyaniso, yeah. Nyaniso. Kriniso. Afrikaans. Eh? Hey, now. Eh? Ah, that's why I said you must remove the G's now. <laughs> the G's are difficult. <laughs> Otherwise, you vomit, you know. <laughs> But what I'm saying is this, that he, he says, you know, surely, it's affirmation, sure, 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 sure. It is true. When he becomes your, your shepherd, he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Now, this is what happens. That's what I'm talking about. My brother, come here again. Let's finish this. <laughs> this brother is 
uh, you know, I'm the Lord here. Now this brother has accepted the Lord. He is, the Lord is his shepherd. So when God is moving, follow him, God is moving, this brother is following the shepherd. When he's following the shepherd, goodness and mercy, they are following him. You understand that? Goodness and mercy, they are following him. As, as we walk like this, our goodness and mercy shall follow him. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. So this is what I'm talking about. You just make the Lord your Lord. If you have been half-half, I want you to rededicate your life tonight. Say, God, I haven't been 100% in you. I've been one leg there, one leg there. Even although I love you, but the way I live, sometimes I take a bit of world into the church or a bit of world in me. Father, even my thoughts, sometimes I've got impure thoughts. They are not clean. So God help me to touch my life. I want to be your lamb. You be my shepherd. And I'm giving you all of me. Shall we pray? If you are that person tonight, you say, God, please. I've been half and half, not truly, truly, completely dedicated. I want to surrender all to you. You are the same yesterday, today, forever. This young David, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he meant it. Even when he sinned, look the type of repentance. When he repented, he didn't beat about the bush. He was serious with God. When King Saul sinned, he made excuses, blamed the soldiers. But David, because he had made God his shepherd, you don't beat about the bush. You are serious with God and you mean business. If you are that person who want to have that repentance like David, you know you are born again, but your life is not completely surrendered to the Lord. You say, God, here I am. Just stand up where you are. We want to pray with you. Say, God, I want to completely, completely, you to be my shepherd. Shepherd me from tonight. I've been trying to shepherd myself. But be my shepherd. Be my Lord of my life. Be the Lord even of my relationship. Be the Lord of who I am, my, my studies. Be the Lord of my studies. Be the Lord of everything, Lord God. I surrender everything to you. Just stand up where you are. Don't make yourself holy. The more you make yourself holy, the deeper you go into sin. But the more you humble yourself to the Lord, God takes over.